Welcome to the Community Hope Podcast. We exist to share hope with more people in more places. For more information on this podcast or our church, please visit communityhope.org. Now stay tuned for our Sermon of the Week. Today we are in week three of our Warrior series. Now before we begin, I feel like I want to take a moment to honor some people. I want to honor my family because my family has to be my illustrations just about every single week. I don't think you understand the pressure that that is. When my kids were little, that was no big deal. But as, I, as they got older, I, I get this just about all the time. Dad, why'd you share that story? You made me look bad. So I just, I just want to say thank you to my family for allowing me to do that. But then also, uh, my parents are here um, this weekend. And I just want you to know, I brag on my parents all the time. And I, have, I believe I have the greatest parents a kid could ever ask for. So would you give, would you give a hand to my parents? They are amazing. I love you guys so much. And um, I, like I said, I brag on them all the time, but I asked my dad for uh, permission to share a story uh, because even in the best families, we don't always get it right. Amen? We don't always get it right. Because I know if my kids got, have an opportunity to get up here and tell stories about dad, they would have lots of opportunities to tell stories about when dad didn't get it right. And, um, and so, so I'm going to be telling the story this morning about one of those times um, so when I was, I don't know, I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old, I don't really remember, but I was out playing um, on our swing set out, out in, our, in our yard, and my dad just happened to be out doing whatever dads do in the yard, I don't know, and he just came over to me, and he, I don't even, I don't, we talked about this, he doesn't even remember this at all, and, uh, and I, he came over to me, and I was just playing around, he goes, hey, can you do a, a chin-up? Like, I don't know, and me and my fat, chubby little self, I grabbed, those, I grabbed that bar, and I pulled my little arms off. And I didn't move. I just stood there. And he just made a comment, every man should be able to pull his own weight. And he just walked away. And I'm, like, he didn't even think a thing about it, just walked away. I don't know that I really thought much about it. It was until years and years later, I was actually in the class, and, and we were digging through just some of like what we call our so- sovereign foundations, just digging through, asking ourselves a lot of hard questions. And one of the questions I asked myself is, why am I so obsessed with be- being strong? Literally, for the past 30 years of my life, I've been obsessed with getting stronger. Why am I so obsessed with this? And it's like, bing. It just, that, that story was brought back to me was like, in that moment, I felt weak. And for the rest of my life, I was out to prove a point that I was not. I was out to prove a point that I was not weak. I was out to prove a point. I, again, it was so subconscious. I didn't know that I was trying to prove to myself and my dad and everybody else that I was strong. I had no idea. What happened in that moment? But the reality is is that every single one of us in this room have experienced a wound. We've experienced someone doing or saying something that's wounded us, and we probably didn't even realize it in that moment. In fact, John Eldridge talks about this in his book, Wild at Heart. He says, every boy in his journey to becoming a man takes an arrow in the center of his heart and the place of his strength. Because the wound is rarely discussed and even more rarely healed, every man carries a wound, and this wound is nearly always given by his father. I was in youth ministry for 17 years, and I I experienced this again and again and again with young men who would say to me, you know what, I'm never good enough for my dad. It doesn't matter what I do, I've never heard the words, I'm proud of you. I've never heard the words, I love you. 
I, I try so hard, but I'm never quite good enough for dad. There was a wound. I met those men as teenagers, and they're young men now, and guess what they're still doing? They're still trying to prove that they're worthy. I didn't just experience that with teenagers. I've experienced that with older men. I've experienced that with men older than me who said, you know what? My dad wounded me as a young man. He shook his finger at me. He looked me in the eye, and he said, you'll never amount to anything. And I've been living the rest of my life trying to prove him wrong. That we get wounded and then we respond and we react and we live the rest of our lives. And just like we said, but because we never talk about it, because we never want to address it, it just festers and it boils. And then we, we, try, to, we try to do something about it, but we don't even realize, until we acknowledge that it's there, it never gets better. And men and women are different in this respect. We all receive wounds and as we talked about, we will continue to talk about, men and women process this differently. So we want to address that very, very head on. I'm going to be talking directly to the men, but I've asked my wife to come and share about this as well because this happens to women just as often. All right. Ooh, there I am. Well, good morning, everyone. You look beautiful today. Handsome and beautiful. Well, I am a performer. I don't know if you have noticed that yet. But I want to share with you the first time I got my opportunity on the stage. I was in third grade at the Brethren Church, and I was cast the role of extra. And I got to sing in the choir and sit on a rock. Right here, I brought a rock. So you could, you could see. And my role was to sing that chorus, looking at the audience, and so I realized in that moment when I just sang and smiled and saw everyone looking back at us, I really thought they were looking at me, but it was probably the leads that had <laughs> the lines, but I felt the attention on that stage, and it was the beginning. Well, at home, I was the third of four children, the only girl. And I remember at mealtimes, we'd all gather together, and my older brothers could get my dad to laugh. So my oldest brother was really good at basketball, so they would talk about basketball and fishing, and my older brother, Mark, could tell him jokes, and my dad would just laugh, and I would admire my brothers, and I'd think, oh, how can I get his attention too? So then I would try to come up with a joke, and they would stop what they were doing and stare at me because it never made sense. And if you know me well, if I try to be funny, I still can't do it. So anyway, <laughs> so that failed. But then I came up with a new idea. When I was five years old in our little Christian school, we learned the song, My Country Tis of Thee, for the patriotic program, all four verses. And so... I decided when it was Thanksgiving and all of the adults were gathered around, I pulled up a chair. I really did this. I pulled up a chair in the middle of the room. I stood on the chair and I sang all four verses of My Country Tis of Thee. And so when my, when my aunts and uncles get together, even now they still laugh about that. Remember when you used to stand on the chair and sing My Country Tis of Thee, all four verses? And, you know, for the first verse, 
they were listening. After that, I think they tuned me out. But that was the beginning. I knew in that moment, like, I could get people to pay attention to me. And so later on, um, I decided that I wanted to try to sing in church. And this was when I was a teenager. And my parents were going through a lot of difficult times with my brothers. If you have more than one child, chances are you might have some struggles with your kids. Um, (laughs) And so they were going through that really hard time of teenage years with my brothers. And my dad hardly ever went to church. But then when I would sing at church, he'd come. And that meant so much to me. Um, because I felt like I made him proud. So for ladies, I think that we so desperately want to be seen and heard that we will go to great lengths to have that happen. And so later on, I went to Bible college and I met Brad And at that time, my parents started going to this church in Cedar Rapids. And I I probably share this story a lot, but it just is so um, important to my story. My parents started going to that church. And um, at that time, our family problems were getting so much worse. I had a brother that was younger than me that had just... Um, been sentenced to go to jail, and he, he was still a teenager. It was just devastating. But at that time, they started going to this church, and they started to just experience God in a new way. The church was going through a revival, so there was all of this worship music, just like hours of worship, and it was changing their lives. And I remember saying to myself, I'm going to serve at that church So, a few years later, we graduated from college. We had a a church job in Waterloo. And then six years after that, we had the opportunity to serve at First Assembly in Cedar Rapids. And I immediately started uh, working with the worship ministry. And in a few years, they asked me if I would like to be the worship director. And again, I just was so excited because it was my dream. A dream that I had because it meant so much. To my father, today we are going to talk about the father wound because whether you're a man or a woman, a girl or a boy, We all have a desire to be loved by a father. Today we are talking to wounded warriors. Maybe maybe you grew up in a close home. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you grew up with an angry, abusive father who spoke words over you that wounded you so deeply that you're still trying to recover. Or maybe, just maybe, you can relate to Diane's story where you felt invisible and overlooked and you had to stand on a chair and scream and yell to try to get someone's attention to pay attention to you because you felt overlooked. Because every single one of us 
so desperately want the approval of our parents. I don't care (laughs) if you'll admit that or not. I'm 44 years old. I'm a grown man. But their opinion still matters to me. I still want to hear, I'm proud of you. Why does that matter? Why do we still so desperately long for that? And if we don't have that, we'll do anything to get it. Today, I want to talk to wounded warriors, because I know I've got a lot in this room. A lot of wounded warriors. What do we do? Because until we're able to talk about that wound and allow God to heal that wound, here's what I know to be true. Hurt people hurt people. When you're wounded, what's crazy is we will actually act that out and we will wound others. I was talking with a young father this week. He said, I'm wounding my children. I don't know how to stop because I only know what I know. I can only model what's been modeled for me. How do I change? How do I stop? How do I course correct? Because unless we're proactive, what do we do? We just act out what we've seen. And for so many men, it is so hard for you to express emotion to other people. Why? Because you've never received it from someone else. You've never received that from another man. You don't know what that looks like. So what do you do? You just act out what you've seen. Even though it may be toxic, even though it may just be dysfunctional, it's all you've ever seen. And so today I'm going to talk about, first of all, how do we allow God to heal that wound? But second of all, how do we course correct? How do we change that so that we don't turn around and wound the very people that we love? Because we've been wounded. How do we change that? Today I'm going to talk about three things every warrior needs so desperately to hear. We said that Jesus was the greatest warrior of all times. And I'm going to show you something powerful that God, his father, spoke over him. He's being baptized. This is before he goes into his public ministry. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love With him, I am well pleased. I want you to see this is before Jesus did anything. This is before he healed anybody. This is before he walked on water. This is before he died on the cross for our sins. This is before Jesus did anything. And God the Father said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. If Jesus, the son of God, needed to hear these words, how much more so do we need to hear these words? Three things every warrior needs to hear. I'm proud of you, I believe in you, and I will love you no matter what. Every warrior needs to hear these words. And maybe, men, you never heard these words from your father. You need to speak them over your sons. You need to speak them over your daughters. You need to speak them over your wife. You need to speak them over other people. We don't know how to express emotion because we haven't received it. Typically, men, the best we can do, let's just be honest. The best thing a man can do is like the best, the only way we can possibly say the words I love you is when we're drunk. I love you, man. I do. You're the best. Why is that? 
Because, again, we've never seen a healthy expression of it, so we don't know how to express it. So how do we break past that? How do we say, yeah, this is what I saw modeled for me, but it stops with me? How do we change that? Because, men, your role is crucial. It's critical. It is. Ladies, your role is, is, is important as well, but men and women were different. That's a great place for an amen. Despite what the culture says, men and women are very, very different. We are. Women are nurturers. If you get hurt as a child, who did you go to, mom or dad? If you go to dad, what did he tell you? Rub some dirt in it. Get over it. Right? You'll be fine. It'll grow back. You know? can't tell you how many times I'm playing Little League and I get a grounder right here and I'm on the ground crying for pain. Coach, like, walk it off. <sighs> I can't walk at all. What are you talking about? That's a man's approach. Okay, we're not very nurturing. Women, you're nurturers. Use that. Nurture. That's important. <laughs> People need that. We need Us men need to be nurtured, okay? But men, these words are so important, okay? It means something when my mom says these words to me. It means something different when my dad says these words to me. It does. Because I don't know why that is. It's like we just expect moms to be proud of us, you know? Like, sure, mom, I tied my shoes. Woohoo! you're proud of me. But dads, it's almost like it feels like we, it's like we, we earned it. Men need other men in their life saying, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. We need this. We need this. See, because I shared with you a negative story, but see, what I'm so fortunate to say is that for every negative story I have with my dad, I have about 10,000 positive ones. I can tell you about 10,000 times where he spoke the words over me, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I'll always love you no matter what. And as a man, I needed that. So men... Because I can, I can see some of you, well, that's great. You and your dad are close, Brad. My dad was a jerk. And then how do you change that? How do you change that? How do you change that? Because there's some people in your life who desperately need that. I can think of a time in my life when I desperately needed that. Diane and I were about to get married. And we were moving our stuff into our new apartment. I was scared to death. I was scared to death because I didn't think I had what it takes. I didn't think I had what it takes to be a, a good husband. I was scared. I was scared. To be totally blunt with you, my wife and I were both virgins before we got married. I was scared to death of sex. I was scared to death of intimacy. I was scared to death that, that I wouldn't be able to provide for my wife. I was scared to death of so many things. I wasn't going to have what it takes. And I still remember this day, we'd moved all our stuff in the apartment, and then me and my dad sat in the front seat of his truck, because that's where men have conversations. Because we're staring out in a window, we're not looking into each other's eyes, okay? It's just, it's a, it's a guy thing. You want to have a conversation, you go sit in the seat of a truck, okay? Because I don't have to look you in the eyes. And you know what he said to me? You got this. I believe in you. You have what it takes, warrior. You're going to be a great husband. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I'll always love you no matter what. And I was like, okay. My dad believes in me. I can do this. 
We had the same conversations before we had kids. But I was scared to death. I'm not ready to be a dad. I don't know what I'm doing. What if I drop it? What if I break it? What am I doing? He looked at me in the eyes. He said, you got what it takes, son. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I'll always love you. All right, my dad believes in me. I can do it. Man, we got to be speaking this over the people in our lives. Women, we need to be speaking this over the people in our lives. Again, I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you're a parent. You need to be speaking this over the people in your lives. I say this to the young man who lift weights with you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. It's awkward to men I say I love you too. They're like, did you just say I love you? Yeah, I did. You want to go? I'll break your arm right now if you call me a wimp. Some people are shocked by it. I hang up the phone. Hey, I love you. You know why? Because that was modeled for me. Every time before we hang up the phone with my parents, I love you. So I just tell everybody that. It's okay. Some of you are already in this room like, what kind of wacko church am I going to? Because again, I hope that you received this from your parents, but I'm just guessing there's a lot of you who didn't. So again, you've got to find it from some other source then. You've got to find these words from some other source. And what I want you to hear today is this is what your heavenly father speaks over you. If you didn't hear it from your earthly father, your heavenly father speaks it over you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. I'll always love you no matter what. You need to know that. Your heavenly father speaks those words over you today because unfortunately in Christianity for too long, we've gotten this all wrong. We've gotten it all wrong because, wow, Diane, your Bible is really falling apart. Because see, here's the, here's the thing. See, this book, there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. And in the Old Covenant, that was the covenant with the Jews. In that covenant, you had to earn God's approval. You had to go do all the right sacrifices. You had to do everything right to get God's approval. Guess what? New covenant? <laughs> Jesus came to give you something new. Brand new. Brand new. And what we get confused is, is we start mixing and matching old covenants. And we think, and we read, we read our earthly father onto our heavenly father. And we think, well, my earthly father was always cold and hard and distant and angry. Well, God must be cold and hard and distant and angry. And I got to get sat on a chair to get his attention. I got to go to church and I got to sing all the right songs and I got to do everything right to get his attention. What if God isn't like that at all? Because what do you see in this story? He says to Jesus, before he does a thing, this is my son whom I love. I'm well pleased. But Jesus hadn't done anything yet to earn it. Yes, isn't that awesome? You have his approval right now. And we need to start, we have to receive that before we can give it away. I, I'm making it a point to do this with my kids, and I'm going to challenge you, do this with the people in your life that, that matter to you. My, you can ask any one of my kids, multiple times a week, they get a text from me that says these very words. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. I'll always love you no matter what. I'm so glad you're my son. I'm so glad that you're my daughter. If you're not hearing that from someone else, give it away. Give it away. Start speaking those words to other people. Watch what can happen. You might freak some people out. It's so important. Here's the, here's the last, last verses that I, I want you to hear today. Jesus came to introduce to us something that totally radically new. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, these are the words that he spoke out. Abba, Father, 
This word Abba is fascinating. It's an Aramaic word. See, this was translated from the Greek. They didn't have the concept in Greek. They had the concept of father in Greek. They didn't have this concept in Aramaic. You know what Abba means? Daddy. And you see Jesus calling God Daddy. This was, this was new. This was brand new. You'll never see this in the Old Covenant. You'll never see this in the Hebrew Scriptures. Why? Because God was someone to be feared and reverent. And we come to him in reverence and fear. And Jesus says, Daddy. This makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Christians are uncomfortable with approaching God as Daddy. It, it makes them uncomfortable. And I get it. Well, aren't we supposed to be reverence for God? Aren't we supposed to fear him? Yeah, in the Old Covenant. In the New, you can approach him as Daddy. Because think about this for just a minute. My son Judah, my two-and-a-half-year-old, when I walk in the door, you know what he does? Daddy! He comes running and he jumps in my arms. Which do you think I would rather have? Do you think I'd rather have that or rather have this? My dearest father, (laughs) pray, grant thee my request. Would you play Incredible Hulk with me? Which do you think that I want? The first one. I don't know. Some of you are like, I don't know. The second one don't sound so bad. (laughs) Have you seen my kids? That would be fantastic. No, I want the first one. This is how you can approach God. This is how you can approach him. And just, well, I know Jesus did that. You know, he literally was the son of God. Like that was just for him, right? No, that's not what Paul said. Listen to what Paul said, Galatians. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. What law? That old covenant. God sent him to what? By freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as what? As his very own children. Children. And because we're his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to say what? There it is. Paul says you can call God daddy. And I get it. If you had a really terrible example of what father looks like, that may not sit well with you. That may give you heartburn. Why? Because what do we tend to do? View our heavenly father through the lens of our earthly father. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Because none of us, whether you had a great father or a terrible father, none of us have had a perfect father. None of us. And so what I'm challenging you today, if, if this concept scares you, I want you to ask yourself why. Why? Why does this concept scare you? Because again, if you've not received the I love you and I'm proud of you and I believe in you from your earthly father and you're still locked off from hearing it from your heavenly father, how in the world could you ever give that away? Because you're not receiving it from anywhere. If you've not received that from your earthly parents, you've got to receive it from another source. And I'm here to tell you the good news today is that your heavenly father offers it to you free of charge because you're his child. You're his child. I tell you, my, my kids this all the time because we, we, this may shock you, we collide in the singleton household. My son has called me out and his dad, you've apologized for that for like 12 times now. Like, are we, what are we going to do with this? I said, well, we got, what, what other option do we have? I said, you're stuck with me. I'm your dad. 
You know, I told him, I said, I can't help but love you. It's in my DNA. So we're going to work this out. What other option do we have? We've got to work this out. So I challenge you. How will you course correct? How will you allow your heavenly father possibly to heal a wound? Because I know there's a lot of wounds in this room. There's a lot of wounds in this room. So men and women were different. But we have to learn how to embrace this. Diane's going to talk more about that. Yeah, so um, in 19, or 19, and um, 2017, we were called from Cedar Rapids to come to this church. And for almost 10 years, I was so happy standing on my chair, singing praises to God, feeling like I was giving God my all and he was happy with me. But when we decided to come here, I stepped down from worship for almost two years and I felt lost. I was afraid. Was God really happy with me if I wasn't doing the one thing that I knew made my earthly father proud? And I really felt made my heavenly father proud. Have you ever been there in a place of your life where things feel mixed up and you wonder what you should be doing? I have. But I think it's so important to remember that Jesus wants you to know he died on the cross to fulfill his father's will. A lot of times I think I I feel comfortable going to Jesus in prayer. Um, Jesus, I thank you for all that you do for me. But in my life, sometimes I've been afraid of God the Father. Am I good enough for God the Father? Um, But we just had the scripture up, and it was from Mark. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane the night he was betrayed, he was struggling. And he cried out to his papa, Abba, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. But if not, I'm going to do your will. He was struggling with God's will that you would be set free, that you would no longer be a slave to fear, but a child of God. And if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I had to remind myself of this. I am hidden in Christ Jesus. Whether I ever sing again, whether I ever have the attention of my earthly father, I always have the attention of my heavenly father. And when he looks at me, he sees his son. When he looks at you, he sees his son. When he looks over here, he sees his son. 
You see, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are no longer ourselves, but we've been bought with a price. And when God the Father looks down, you're hidden. You're hidden in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you are a child of the Most High God. You're a daughter. You're a son. And we need to remind ourselves of that because if I struggle with that, I, I don't think I'm alone. I think there's a lot of us that have struggled. We've had these God questions. But I want you to know, Jesus died on that cross because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God the Father loves you. And the kind of relationship that God the Father wants to have with us is a relationship of child and papa, child and daddy. It's interesting that I started becoming a performer with my role on the rock. <laughs> but I was just thinking of this this morning. That's exactly what God wants from us. He doesn't demand that we have extraordinary performances. Mm. He demands that we sit in his presence. Mm. And when I say demand, I think that's a, a really powerful word. He welcomes us yeah. to come boldly before the throne of grace. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a big um, curtain that separated the normal people from the holy of holies. But when Jesus died on the cross, literally, that veil was ripped in two because God wants you to know. No longer does there have to be a separation. He didn't want a separation. So I think that's what we struggle with. We feel like we have to be separate. There has to be a wall because I'm not good enough and he's really holy. But he made a way through his son. And he welcomes you with unmerited favor, that amazing grace, to come into his presence. And I have one scripture in my, my Bible here. From Romans 8.15. It says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. But you received the spirit of daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy, God. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And the Holy Spirit is crying out from within you, Daddy, Papa, Father God, Heavenly Father, I am no longer alone. You're no longer alone. So today, I want to just ask the worship team to come on up. Today, as we're talking about this father wound, perhaps you can relate to me or you can relate to Brad when we're talking about our earthly fathers. 
that there was something that wounded you, I want to encourage you today. God is here. And he wants to, to move in our hearts. Lord, I just ask you right now, to open our hearts before you. There's no one like you. I pray that you would break chains today. Some of us have struggled, have walked around with chains for years, feeling unloved, feeling overlooked, feeling forgotten, unable to talk to you, because we don't feel worthy, we are not enough. But you are El Shaddai, you are more than enough. You're more than enough, you're more than enough, you're more than enough. For every son and daughter in this room, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. You are more than enough over everything that has ever happened, every detail of every life in this room, every broken heart, every broken moment. You're more than enough. You're more than enough. That's, that's the message that we want you to hear, warriors, is that you have the strength. You have the strength to change things. If you never heard I love you from your parents, you have the strength to say it today. If you never heard I'm proud of you from your parents, you have the strength to say it today. I also believe there's some men in this room. I don't care how old you are. You may be 60, 70, 80 years old. You may need to go to your son today and say, I'm sorry. You may need to say to him today, I love you. I never said it because I never heard it, but I'm going to say it right now. Why? Because I'm man enough to say it. Because here's what I want you to see. I'm so grateful for my parents. I'm so grateful for we're close. But here's what I want you to see. We're not close today because we didn't hurt each other. We're not. As a teenager, I wounded them. I hurt them. I, I still remember when I was 17 years old, my dad came to the gym to, to pick me up. And he came over and he stood next to me. I was talking to my training partner. And I was a young punk kid. I totally ignored him, acted like he wasn't there. And I went out to the car and I had no idea how much I wounded my dad in that moment. Why? Because as a young punk kid, I was acting like I was ashamed of my dad. We're not close today because we didn't hurt each other. We're close today because we forgave each other. Yeah, you need to hear that. You won't be close with your parents. Or you won't be close with your kids because you don't hurt each other. That's impossible. It's, it's just not life. Again, I've wounded my kids. And I ha I've had to go to them and I've had to ask for their forgiveness. You're man enough, you're woman enough to own it and say, I'm sorry. Because guess what? Can't start. Can't start. Until you're willing to own it. And I just believe in my heart there's some healing that wants to take place in this room today. But you're going to have to be courageous. You're going to have to display courage because it's a whole lot easier to ignore that wound, to try to forget about it and say, wow, that guy didn't know what he's talking about. 
I'll just rub some dirt on it and move on. That's a whole lot easier to do. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And so we're going to close this service today in a way that I feel like God dropped in my heart. And you may feel like this is the kookiest thing you've ever seen in your life. Don't worry, you don't have to participate. But it's for somebody today. I believe it. It's for somebody today. Because the opportunity I've had with men, I remember being with an older man and saying to him, I'm proud of you. And he just began to weep. He said, I never heard that. And I just hugged him and I just let him weep. You know what? Healing began to happen in his heart that day. (laughs) There's some of you in this room, you just need a hug. I'm here to give you one. Again, you may think, well, what kind of hippie church have I just walked into? That's okay. Again, I'm not going to pressure you. See, I'm the kind of person, I would hug everybody if they let me. But I realize some people don't want that, so I just stay away. I don't want to be a creep, okay? Don't worry. I'm not going to touch you if you don't want to be touched. I don't want to be a creep. But we're going to sing one final song. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. And as we sing this song, Diane and I, we're going to be here at this altar. And if there's any man in this room that would like to be healed of the father wound, I'm going to ask you to just come forward. And I literally am. I'm just going to hug you and I'm just going to pray for you. If there's a lady in this room, you need to be healed from a wound. You just come forward. Diane's just going to hug you and she's going to pray for you. Okay? Again, if you think this is weird and creepy, and just stay in your seat. No one's going to touch you. Okay? But if, if we can be the hands and feet of Jesus today, I'll be it. Because there's somebody in this room that needs this today. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Barry's one of our leaders here at the church. He said he feels like God wants him to say something. Go ahead, brother. I really do. I want to share this. My father was raised down south with a big family. Not much money. Kids literally had to get up in the morning and hunt rabbit and things and squirrel in order to survive. And when he raised me, I was the oldest. He had a drive to provide. And if any of you have any Southern families, you also know that a man stood in authority and doesn't show much love. And I was since I was the oldest. I always respected Dad, but he didn't know how to say he loved me. He couldn't give me a hug. And I grew up trying so many different things to get his respect and his honor. And what I'm sharing right now is, is my father grew, I grew, but when I was young and my firstborn was there, I put demands on him just like it was a demand on me. And it took me until my son was 24 to heal and realize 
that I needed to change the things that were there, and I took him, just like he said. I took my son, I grabbed him in my arms, and I says, I'm proud of you, and I want you to know that I wounded you because I didn't know any better. I didn't tell you how good you were. I didn't tell you how proud I was. I didn't tell you the character that I see in you, but I am now. We hugged, we healed, and from that point, I was able to go to my father and go to him and grab him, and he didn't know what to do, but we healed and established a relationship with us later, but you've got to be courageous. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be willing to look at it, and you've got to say, I'm going to change it now. Yeah. I'm going to do what's right. I'm not willing to let my kids suffer. Be a man. Be a man. Be transparent and do what's right and change. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. Don't wait till it's too late. I did a funeral this week for a 27-year-old young lady. There's no more, if the words weren't said, there's no more opportunities. Don't wait until it's too late. Maybe that could be the altar call for you. Maybe you need to step out of this room and make a phone call. Maybe you need to go grab somebody. Maybe that's the action point for you, but we just, we want to sing one final song together again. And I don't know where this lands with you today, but would you be courageous enough to set your heart before God and say, heal me. Let me be the change that needs to happen. Let me pray for you. We're going to sing. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. God, thank you so much for the powerful truth of your word that we are loved and we're accepted in Christ Jesus right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were impacted by this sermon or if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Community Hope on Facebook and Instagram or at our website, communityhope.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next week.